0: Welcome to Change of Plans. I'm Andres Zuleta. On Change of Plans, we feature stories of resilience and reinvention, interviewing entrepreneurs and other creative individuals who have found fun and inspiring ways to adapt to sudden unexpected challenges. My guest today is Jeremy Fleming of Stage Kings an Australian company that specializes in building large-scale stages for concerts and festivals. When the events industry collapsed in the wake of COVID, Jeremy took inspiration from a friend who suggested that they transition their skills and equipment to making desks for the new masses of people around the world, all of a sudden forced to work from home. Jeremy, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Of course, the products that you're making are really beautiful. You know, before we talk about kind of what you're doing now, I'm wondering if you could just take our listeners back to a few months ago, you know, back when things were quote unquote normal and just give, you know, paint the picture of what things were like then.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, it was, was March that everything happened. And just prior to that, we were building the Ninja Warrior set for the Ninja Warrior TV show. Uh, we were also we just finished ultra music festival which again another worldwide brand uh, and the formula one we built the set piece for the formula one and Miley cyrus was coming over for that and robbie williams and so that's what we do these big big shows uh big big stages and set pieces and and uh other things like the pop-up globe theater we've built that a replica of shakespeare's globe theater and the Edinburgh Castle, we build a replica of that for the Edinburgh military tattoo. So we do some quite big, big events.
0: Yeah. And I think that helps give people an idea of the type of craftsmanship involved. It's not just kind of massive, uh, generic stages. Um, you know, if you're doing Ninja Warrior and Shakespeare Globe replicas, I mean, that, that takes <laughs> quite a bit of skill, I imagine. So, of course, anyone listening knows the story of, you know, coronavirus came and, you know, disrupted a lot of people's business. But I'm wondering if you could just take, take us back to kind of your uh, moment of, you know, epiphany or realization when you maybe had a, either a freakout moment or just, you know, a moment of clarity where you realized, you know, holy crap, our business is <laughs> screwed
1: there was a bit of a wave of both of those i think it was it was friday the 13th of march which the the date we won't forget and uh, the government over here the the virus had had been happening elsewhere in china and we'd heard of it obviously but there, it hadn't affected us here yet and it was the formula 1 drivers that were actually at the time pushing for the race not to go ahead but the uh, it was the morning the race was due to start there was a lineup of people at the gate and I was in Melbourne for that, uh, with together with Mick, our head of production. And that's when the government, before they opened the gates, said that they put a ban on all public gatherings, uh, over 500 people at the time, which was essentially everything we do. So we, it was that, yeah, that that moment, the Formula One was cancelled and phone call after phone call, all of our our upcoming work was cancelled. As you said, the we lost all of our income for for the rest of 2020 and that was a a holy shit moment for us we uh really panicked for a second uh and then started to think what we could do and um yeah it, it, initially my thoughts went to uh we, the, that's it we we're not going to be able to continue the business so I'll lose the house uh and Mick and I were in Melbourne, like I said, and we started to think of what we could could still do. And we looked at what they were doing elsewhere in the world with uh, pop up hospitals and wait uh, waiting facilities and COVID testing facilities. And so we started planning immediately those sorts of things. And uh, we we went out to all of the hospitals and showed them those plans and tried to talk to as many people as we could, but we just we didn't gain any traction with that and. So the week from the Friday the thirteenth to the Friday, the twentieth of March, is when really it was a roller coaster of emotions and trying to plan how we could survive this thing.
0: Can you tell me a little more about, you know, of course there are, you know, the personal reasons and your mind goes to places like, I don't want to lose my house, and that's that's just natural. Mm-hmm. But can you talk a little more about why it's so important to you personally? To you know, try to find a solution to keep your staff on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We it, it, we're a really close group of people, and a lot of people rely on us. And I I couldn't face the face not having work for those guys. Uh, you know that that uh, have worked for us for so long. So we're quite a quite a young company. We've only just been gone five years old, and a lot of the people with us have been been there since the start. So they've grown with us when it was. Uh, a few of us sort of throwing a bit of scaffold around 5 years ago to now they are they're the same people and so it is like a family that we we have we just I couldn't bear that
0: i'm sure it was kind of helping with the inspiration and the urgency for you of really needing to find a solution so tell me the story of how your successful idea came to be
1: yeah well it was like i said we went from Friday the 13th we got the news through to Friday the 20th. And, and that week we made a lot of plans, tried to plan, work what we could do. Uh, we, you know, we had to talk to the banks and the finance companies and the uh, our landlords on trying to minimize our outgoings uh, just to be able to financially get through. And we'd made a plan that we could get through six months by reducing people's time. Uh, the uh, At the stage there was no government, the government help at all. So we, it was just a matter of trying to, really cut back our costs. And uh, so, Friday the 20th was the day that we we planned to make all these big cutbacks, and, uh, but it was that then Sunday following, I was talking to a friend of mine in Ireland, uh, who, uh, who a production company over there, same same sort of uh, work as we do, and he said, look, they're, they're starting to think about furniture and that we should potentially look at that as well, and that just flicked a switch that uh, I messaged Mick our head of production and said Mick we need to we need to be making work from home desks Uh, they just announced everyone was to work from home uh, that could only essential people were were really to leave their house so we had whole industries about to be stuck at home and already I was hearing that uh, some of the big retailers were, were sold out of office desks and home office furniture and so that was, that was it on 11 o'clock on that Sunday morning, I messaged Mick and said, we need to make furniture. We need need to make desks. Now a very lucky coincidence for us is that Mick, our head of production also designs furniture in his, in his, uh, as a hobby. So that's, he, he's always making all the furniture in his house. He's made and he's very, very good at it. And he's a great designer. So that that's one lucky coincidence that he, uh, he jumped straight on that on that Sunday and designed up the desk and a stand-up desk. Uh, He actually 3d printed those, uh, those two things overnight so he could bring the prototype and show me on Monday morning. And yeah, that's, that's how the, the ISO King desks were born.
0: Wow. And so, like you said, there was actually a need in the market for this because retailers were actually Mm -hmm. sold out because I was going to ask you, you know, how do you, how do you just enter a completely different um, industry? Uh, It sounds like you had a couple of, couple of things in your favor including you know the skilled people on your team and also um, I read about you know some of the kind of specialized equipment that you use which also helped get you up to production
1: look absolutely we we had we we didn't have to go out and buy a lot of machinery we we didn't have to retrain a lot of people to do completely different tasks so for us it's a it's a Big, big difference from sort of business to business stage building to uh, business to consumer desks and selling retail. But what we were actually doing in the workshop wasn't that different. Like I mentioned, we, we do very different projects. And so we looked at these desks as another project and worked through what materials we needed, and what, what skill set we needed, the, the amount of people I didn't spend a lot of time thinking, okay, this is a new business. What do I need to work through as a new business? We just got started immediately. So, and and that, that was a really quick turnaround. So Mick, uh, like I said, on Sunday, we had a couple of messages. Monday morning, he had, had two plans and two prototypes. Wow! But, so it was literally overnight, we had the prototypes. And then on the Monday, we, we cut the, so the machinery you mentioned, the CNC router, the computer router. Uh, we cut two sheets of plywood and, and made the first desk on Monday afternoon. And, and from there it was, we, we, it was lightning fast. Monday afternoon, we had the prototypes, uh, Monday evening, my wife, Tabitha, my business partner, she wrote the e-commerce page on the website, which was new to us. And so she watched a few, uh, YouTube videos on how best to do that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and set that up on Monday night and, and by Tuesday morning, we we set up some photos in my house. Uh, the you know the photos that are all over the web are uh, in our house. And by by three p.m. Tuesday, we were live. So from Sunday morning eleven a.m. to three p.m. on Tuesday, we went from idea to prototyping to full full uh, full p- fabrication.
0: I mean, I can only imagine you were running on a bit of adrenaline um, at this point. Um you know, brought the idea to fruition so quickly. I'm wondering, you know, how did other people on your team react to this idea?
1: Well, they, they were uh, really, they were right into it because we we basically said on the Friday guys, there's, there's not, unless something happens uh, and we can come up with something, there's not going to be much work moving, moving forward for gosh knows how long. And uh, so we planned really on doing a couple of days a week as it turns out on the Tuesday afternoon, when, when we went on sale, we sold 20 desks in the first day. So we had to ring six of the guys and said, guys, we need you in the workshop tomorrow uh, because we need to be, we've come up with this idea and it seems it's going to work. Okay. And by that, by that next day that they were in making the first lot of desks for us, the the post had gone viral. I think it had been shared 1200 times and seen by 250,000 people. So it's uh, <laughs> it, uh it took off from there.
0: How did you, I mean, how did you get the word out initially? How did you get, you know, get those first 20 sales? And then how did you then subsequently go viral?
1: It was all through, well, to start with all through, through Facebook. So we'd set up the e-commerce site and then re- I wrote a letter uh, basically just explaining the situation. I, I said, we've got all these people, we're an event company, events are shut down for the foreseeable future. Uh, we're going to have a go at making these desks. Uh, they're a nice desk. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's what that's what took off and and it really, I think our story connected with a lot of people because we the people were going to have no work, and so we're doing this to keep our guys busy and yeah, we, it went viral and we we've it ramped up our crew since then. and uh, to uh, I think four weeks in we were back to fifty six people working.
0: Which is amazing because you're not only keeping your staff employed at such a difficult time but also actually bringing other people on which is yeah really
1: yeah we're, we're really happy we could do that and we because the event industry was the first essentially industry to be hit here in australia uh, anyway we there was a lot of people out of work there's there's actually a website here where people logged uh you know the, how many projects they'd lost and how much money they think they'd lost it called i lost my gig and that that was up to 500,000 people within a couple of work, weeks. Uh, event staff that were out of work, so we just put the call out and said, any any event crew that want to come and help us sand or wrap or wrap and package and or deliver, uh, we'd we'd love to have you on board. And so everyone working for us is out of work event crew, and uh, it's just it's just a great great vibe to have everyone back.
0: I mean, it's a bit tangential, but did you also have to think about logistical aspects of quarantine and lockdown and having people, yeah, new people come Absol- in? And,
1: mm. Absolutely. We, we really had to plan out the workshop. We're lucky we have a big workshop space and we've got 2000 square meters. So we we shoved scaffold and truss into every corner and, uh, and spread our desks out three meters apart, right through the workshop. So, and we've, uh, we've, but we've, got a section on the timesheet now for everyone they take their temperature when they get to work and we're very very careful with, the, with that side uh, the last thing we wanted was to be shut down a second time
0: so in retrospect this is all you know heartwarming and inspiring and just a, a brilliant story but what do you think you know put you personally in a position to be able to think outside the box at what was such a challenging time
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's really the event mentality that we have. We, we have, we're we're very agile anyway. So we could one day we'll be doing a project in Queensland. The next, uh, the next week we will have to be building Shakespeare's theater in Perth, which is four, four and a half thousand kilometers away. So we're very, very agile in that way. And we're always thinking differently. And and that's, I encourage our, all of our staff to do the same and, and really take ownership of what they're doing and, so we're not fixed uh, to one way of doing things. If there's a better way, we'll do that. And, and really, I think that's the mentality that allowed us to change so quickly.
0: So, you know, your agility, your nimbleness, uh, your ability to adapt. How do you see this evolving, you know, into the near and kind of further into the future um, in, in terms of, you know, ISO Kings and then possibly the, you know, the possibility of Stage Kings um, getting busy again?
1: Sure. So uh, we're I, I, there are, is already some chat about uh, some events coming back. I think they're going to start smaller and, and build up the, uh, you know, I, I, I don't expect we'll have any large international acts through until, well, who knows, potentially later next year, I guess. But but there's a, a lot of talk about Australian events coming back. So we're we're ready for that. Uh, we're already making plans. The the furniture business, we we've we're really happy with the designs we've come up with. We've got a lot more designs to, to in the pipeline. So we're going to continue it as well. We'll we're, we're going to run them as as parallel businesses, and uh, so that'll give us an, another sort of arm of of what we do. You know, the furniture we we've sold nine thousand pieces of furniture in in twelve weeks now, which is it just it blows my mind.
0: Do you do you offer? Um... The product worldwide or is it primarily in australia
1: we, we primarily australia but we've we've actually just started to send to new zealand and singapore and the amount of calls we're getting from the us is is actually quite astounding we we just had a, a global news story done and i see that it was on 700 news channels across the state so that's something we're pushing now
0: i mean yeah your story is awesome what advice would you give to you know fellow business owners entrepreneurs who are feeling a bit more stuck and haven't mm. quite hit you know their idea yet
1: yeah the, the, coming up with the idea is the first thing uh, and really i the the idea for me was just to be open uh, and whatever whatever might work just to have a go at that and so the big thing for me is just not to procrastinate it's uh, if there is an idea Ha- just have a r- run with it, you know. Uh, don't don't try and overcomplicate it. Don't try and analyse it to uh, to so much that you you don't even start. I think to start is the is the main thing, and and really to build it as you go. Uh, you know, we made mistakes. We the, our our second design uh, was a stand up desk. Uh, it turned out that uh, when the the very minute changes in ply thickness. On if when they're on the smaller side, it could be wobbly. So we had to come up with a a, a a new stiffening piece that we then sent out to everyone that had purchased one. And I, I said, look guys, we, we did this so quickly that uh, we, we messed this up a little bit, but here's something that'll fix it. So we, we did that along the way. I think the key is to just start.
0: Yeah. And like you said, and you know, it's kind of that old cliche, which is useful fail quickly um, you know, with your original idea, yeah. which didn't work out, but instead of having spent a month kind of working on the idea and then getting feedback, you just got really quick feedback so that you were able to course correct once you realized that there wasn't really a market for your first idea.
1: That's exactly it. You know, since we did this, the word pivot has been used so many times. And uh, I, I, I've sort of, I hadn't even thought of it, I really, or, re, or really heard of it before we started to do this. And since I've read up, uh, you know, I've seen people have written books and people have done essays and blogs, and I've read a few of those and. And I really, if if I had read all that prior and and tried to do the do the analysis and really take the time, I may we may not have done it, or we may have been too late. I think if we were one week later, uh, but then when we uh, started to produce these desks, I don't think we would have been anywhere near as successful. So for us, the key was that we got in quickly.
0: Well, I love your story. What's the best way for our listeners? In Australia, New Zealand, and elsewhere in the world, to support you.
1: So, stagekings.com.au is our website. Uh, that's where the store is, and, and a good place to start. Or, or the socials we're updating really uh, quite frequently. So, we're on Facebook. Uh, sorry, on Facebook at Stage Kings Australia, uh, or Instagram at Stage Kings underscore AU. So, we're uh, we're putting new products out every week. We've actually put something new out, and uh, we're we're really communicating with our with our uh, you know, our followers and putting it out to people. What, what do you guys want us to build? And so, uh, for example, we, we said a few weeks ago, what, what do people need? And someone said uh, a puzzle board, you know, something that you can build a puzzle on and then put it away when you're done. And over a hundred people liked that comment or commented. Yeah, we'd like that as well. So we designed a puzzle board and, and put that out and sold 300 of them in the first two days. Wow. So, uh, so <laughs> uh, that that uh, communication with uh with our followers has been been amazing, and we just did a shoe rack as well last week with the same result. People wanted a shoe rack, we made one and thought uh you know a shoe rack with a seat on the top is a good option, and uh we've now sold over five hundred of those in a week, so they that, uh, <laughs> so we're very uh yeah really active on the social media
0: great well, we'll include all of those links as well in the show notes.
1: Ah, thank you. The, the only other thing that I'd note too is uh, we're, we're supporting as well along the way here uh, uh, an organisation that looks after out-of-work event people and, and uh, the live music industry, an organisation called Support Act. So uh, if anyone feels that they'd want to donate to a good cause, uh, we're donating $10 from every order to Support Act. Uh, and in, in 12 weeks, we're now at $35,000. We've donated to those guys. So a really great, great organisation.
0: Great, yeah, and we'll include that link as well. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on and share your story. Yeah, I'm just blown away by, you know, how much creativity and success you all have had. So thank you, really appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat.
0: Check the show notes to learn more about Jeremy and the great work he and his team at ISO King are doing. If this episode inspired you, please share it with a friend and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more, visit changeofplanspodcast.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in.